Oh, hi, audience. What's up? It's Greg Stero here to introduce you to the True Blue Riffcast, where they talk about amazing movies, bad movies, and everything in between. So you're listening to the True Blue Riffcast. Enjoy it. Thanks, Greg. This is the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. Good to be back. I am Jeremy, and I'm joined, as always, by... Hi, I'm Dave. Oh, hi, Jeremy. Oh, hi, True Blue Riffcast. That's what, that was my Tommy was so. Uh, season three, starting off season three. For yes, the, here uh... in the year 2021. Yes. You can believe it. We survived 2020. Yeah. We've, we've got a couple uh, interesting films to kick the year off, too, from uh, yeah, Mike definitely. Kevin and Bill here. God. Now, now, real quick, before yeah. before we get into this, um, there were a couple Rift Tracks presents yeah. that were also released. Uh, they actually kicked the year off with our friend Matthew J. Elliott and Ian Potter mm-hmm. with Invasion of the B-Girls. There we go. There it is. And then we got Bridget and uh, Mary Jo with Earth Angel. And then actually just recently, another yeah, just this past weekend. Matthew J. Elliott and Ian Potter release. So we'll be talking about those probably next episode. Yeah. But we got to talk about these two frozen scream and maximum revenge yeah they're 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 quite strange but um i would like to um uh take the wheel the steering wheel away from jeremy i know i've I've never done this but just like but just like totally derail the show and talk about something that i want to talk about before we get into all the carefully crafted stuff that jeremy has put together so um (laughs) Jeremy, what is today's date? Today is February 8th. 2021. 2021. Okay. Yes. So we just had the Super Bowl yesterday. Tom Brady won his, uh, what was it, seventh? 800th, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't think there's, like, any doubt anymore that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> yeah. And if you have a problem with that, then you're basically living in denial. Like, it doesn't matter if you like the guy or you don't like the guy. You can't deny that he is a a great quarterback. Like, yeah, no, no, not just a great quarterback. The greatest. <laughs> the man's 43. He's older than both of us, probably. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the point I wanted to make is that I wanted to just, like, settle that date where we are in time. Because I'm not sure when this is going to come out. Probably in the next couple days. But uh, but in case we uh, in case we don't have another episode before, I just wanted to say congratulations, Rift Tracks. Let's celebrate the ten year anniversary, February twenty second, twenty eleven, of Birdemic Shock and Terror. Wow! Ten years ago, February twenty second, twenty eleven, they released it, and it definitely had an impact on my life. Did the uh, Rift Tracks release of uh, Birdemic Shock and Terror one decade ago? Uh, did that have an effect on your life, Jeremy Pluto? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know about Rift Tracks until a little bit later that year that Birdemic came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. That was like one of the first ones that I that I watched. That you went and you got after yeah. after I learned about Rift Tracks because I had seen stuff about Birdemic before and I knew how bad it was, and so I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta watch this one. And 
I loved it. It was great. And then, of course, they did the live show after that. And yep, in 2012, you know, the changed it changed the. Uh, it was a big. It was a big game changer for Rift Tracks Live. For Demic was. Yes. Yes, it was, and that's that's obviously my favorite of the two versions. You know, uh, I always I always go for the live versions over the studio recorded ones, whenever I can. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. But. <laughs> <laughs> We all love pancakes. We all love pancakes. Let's just take a let's just take a look see at some of the stuff that came out uh, a year ago at this time. Uh, Inception, February first, twenty eleven. Ooh. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, February fifteenth, twenty eleven. Oh. Uh, Birdemic, we've already talked about. Uh, Highlander, March fifteenth, twenty eleven. Wow. The Karate Kid Part Three, March twenty second. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, April 12th. Uh, Matthew J. Elliott in Rift Tracks presents Jurassic Park 3, April 15th. Uh, are you ready for this one? No. <laughs> this, one's kind of, this one's coming up on the 10-year mark as well. This one kind of hits hits home for me. The Crater Lake Monster, oh. May 24th. The Devil's Hand, June 1st. Uh, X-Men, The Last Stand, June 21st. Oh, here's one I know will get you. The Galaxy Invader, August yeah. 5th. And then right before that, we got uh, we got some of the At Your Fingertips shorts released. That's true. July 22nd and uh, July 26th, we got boxes and grasses. So uh, Jack, the, then it was Rift Tracks Live, Jack the Jack Giant Killer, August 17th. Uh, Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, August August thirtieth. Thor, September twenty seventh, twenty eleven. Laser Mission, October fourth. Uh, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, October eighteenth. Uh, the Son of Hercules in the Land of Darkness, November first. <laughs> Warriors of the Wasteland, November fifteenth. Buffalo Rider, November twenty second. Yeah. Buffalo Rider. Transformers, Dark of the Moon. They're, the last time they did a Transformers movie, well, I mean, it was nine years ago, more recently, but it's going to turn 10 this year. Ugh. It was November 22nd, 2011. Uh, Rift Tracks presents Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, by Matthew J. Elliott. And uh, a, a little cult. I, I feel like this one's been forgotten a little bit. The Magic Christmas Tree. Uh, December 20th. Such a good release. Such yeah. a good release. Yeah, that's uh that was a jam-packed year. Yeah, so uh lots of really, really good stuff that's uh all turning a decade old this year. Thank Ugh. you, Refract. In particular, though, I think like the ones that get me the most are um just on a personal level are uh Birdemic, uh Crater Lake Monster, and um Jack the Giant Killer. And uh, uh um I guess Buffalo Rider, but that's a little further on down the line. But um, yeah. definitely, <laughs> immediately, uh, Birdemic and Crater Lake Monster. Yes, definitely. I mean, and and of course for me, Jack the Giant Killer, because it's that was the first riff tracks thing I ever saw, and the fact that that was ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's zero. a little ridiculous. Not a ten little zero, one ridiculous. zero. 10 oh, 0, that's 100, Dave. That, that is 100. That is not. This is not the year 2111. No. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, oh, I just man. want to say 
Uh, congratulations on still being here, Rift Tracks. Thanks so much, and uh, we appreciate it. I'm probably going to watch Crater Lake Monster a little bit later because that's still, like, 10 years later, that's still a huge, huge favorite of mine. I've seen it a lot, and I don't ever get tired of it. <laughs> no, Crater Lake Monster is really good, really good. We talked about that uh, in one of our episodes, I do believe. Yes. Well, since it's season three, we can talk about everything all over again. <laughs> Yay! Yay! We're not going to do that, though, because there's too much to go through. Yeah. What? What are you talking oh, about? Man. There's only like 500 releases. It's like yeah. double of Mystery Science Theater 3000 now. Uh, that makes me happy. Me too. Uh, you know what doesn't make me happy, though? Uh, uh, frozen Brains? Frozen... Frozen... Frozen, frozen uh, Scream. Frozen, frozen frozen coke frozen <laughs> spiders i'm just looking at stuff uh, that's like around my room right now i'd like 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 what if you're pointing what? out spiders dave no I, no i'll tell you what this is rift text related to i'm holding in my hands right now uh something um i believe our good friend margo sent to me oh and yeah it's I from a giant about. spider invasion and it yeah. has rift tracks logo right there on the butt the squishy spider. So, yeah, that's why I said uh, frozen spiders. So it's right there. It's it's hanging out right next to my computer. So if you're listening, Margo, thank you for that. I still have that. It still hangs out with me. It's my little rift track spider. Uh, now we're going to be talking about uh, Frozen Scream, oh, the first Mike, Kevin, and Bill release of yes, the first Mike, Kevin, and Bill release. Uh, uh, I'm just doing. I'm doing my imitation of 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 the dub. On this movie, I don't know. Is, am I difficult to understand? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it hard to understand what I'm saying here? I mean, because because that's what this movie sounds like. You kind of sounded like Bane a little bit, but like <laughs> it doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. <laughs> what you know, what, what, what does he say to the guy? Oh, perhaps he's wondering why you would shoot a man. Before throwing him out of the plane. I was born in the shadows. I was born in the darkness. I was molded by it. <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. Uh, yeah, Rift so tracks. Frozen Scream. Yeah, Frozen... No, I, I mean, you don't want to talk about The Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> oh, man. This movie, Dave is Dave is one hundred percent about this movie. The worst thing about this movie is the dub. Honestly, oh my I god, think this, dude. Is, this might be the worst dub ever. I mean, okay, we say that a lot. We okay, like how many times have we come onto this podcast and said, "Oh my god, the dub is terrible." A lot. This dub is real bad. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like. I don't know if it's the worst, but it's up there, man. It's, it's way up near the top yeah, if it's not the it's, worst. Yeah, like 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 it doesn't really have a ghost house effect. But it, the dub is still just awful and like there's no reason for it to be unless they just really hate the actors voices. <laughs> well, and the bad thing about it is that the voices are not consistent throughout the dub. Sometimes a woman will be voiced by a German actress and sometimes uh, an American actress. And they sound like two completely different people because it is two completely different people doing a dub. And it's awful. It is so bad. And the other the, the other bad part of this movie, which actually leads me to my 
probably my favorite bit in the movie was uh, the narration. Yes. <laughs> because they'll be in the middle of a scene and all of a sudden this guy will just start. We'll just narrating. start narrating. It's just narrating, like, 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 okay. I, I, I think the first, I watched this like a week ago. Okay. Uh, Full disclosure. I watched this a week ago and then we, something happened. We had to push the recording. Um, a lot of it's left me. So I'm going to do my best to like recall <laughs> what the hell this movie was about. But one of the things that, that did stick with, with, with me is the, um, I think a woman's talking on the phone and that sorry excuse of a hospital that they, that, that, that they're at for most of the movie. Yeah. And, and this dude just like comes on to be like, and yes, wow. Like, 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 it's like total, like, like, um, coronet short narration. Just comes over and starts narrating <laughs> while the yeah. scene just keeps going. And, and then uh, and then each one of the guys yep. starts narrating their own their own little thing. Oh this is gosh. this is reminiscent. As- that joke was probably my favorite bit, and I'll tell you why, because it's reminiscent of pretty much the exact same thing they did in a 2015 release called Alien Outlaw. When uh, the heroine uh, was on the phone and uh, an operator comes on and uh, it's just like impossible to make out what's going on. And Mike, Kevin, Bill all came on the like and just did the same thing they did in Frozen Scream. So like that was like, like 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 for me, that made the entire riff. I know sometimes we don't really talk about a whole lot about what Mike, Kevin and Bill say, because. You know, there's the riff tracks for that, but that joke in particular, I felt was just Mwah! chef's kiss. Yeah, it was. It was a a uh, a great cacophony, and yeah, I, I was rolling. It was so so good. Like, I don't think anything else really came close to that riff wise in this. Movie. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the rest of it was great, but that in particular was just like the highlight of the whole experience for me. Yeah. So this movie is about a cult that is trying to uh, unlock the secrets of immortality by freezing people and putting controlling discs on their neck. And, (laughs) and everybody like is either dead or turned into a zombie at the end of the movie. (laughs) It's, it's really dumb. Like it's, it's, stupid and not even worth really talking about because you're not gonna you're not gonna pay too much attention to it because oh right aren't there boobs in this movie i think so i think so yeah no no there there are and like that just goes to show you kind of like kind of like how forgettable not really you can see some nipple on there like it it, it's you know it's you know mostly covered most of the time I wouldn't root through a dumpster for <laughs> pictures of that or anything, but I mean, you no. know, yeah, there are boobs in this uh, movie, so watch out for that. The interesting, yeah, the interesting thing of this movie uh, is is how it was released. The oh, movie was yeah. filmed we in nineteen, yeah, it was filmed in nineteen seventy five, uh, but it wasn't even shown to distributors until around nineteen eighty, uh, and then it did not it didn't get a theatrical release. They, all the distributors are like, eh. And uh, the first time it got released was in the UK in uh, 1983. And then it got released in the US in 1985. 
as a double feature VHS tape with the infamous film The Executioner Part Two. Part one of those yeah. part twos, part twos that there was never a part one of. Um Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, and when it was released in Britain, it was put on the video nasties list. And uh I know uh, Matthew J. Elliott and Ian Potter will understand that, but what the video nasties, yeah, the video nasties, uh, it's a term that they used in the UK to refer to uh, usually low budget horror and exploitation movies uh, that were put out on VHS and they were criticized for their violent content by the press, social commentators and various religious organizations. Mm hmm. Apparently, this movie is uh, officially uh, still uncertified and unavailable in the UK. Doesn't seem like they should be able to do that. This is America. <laughs> we have we have freedom of speech if you're yeah. not on social media, but that's a whole nother thing. I just I like I like this. I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia page under critical reception. Critics had little good to say about Frozen. Screen. You think? It's poor production values and voiceover narration were common themes, though. Yeah. Uh, it's it's awful. This movie is so bad. Thankfully, it's like 64 minutes long. So if you're if you're watching the riff, you know, it's it's not that long. It's, it's yeah. just over. It's mercifully hour. short. Yes. Yeah. And uh, obviously there is the riff uh, to save it because otherwise. As always, as always, yeah. There's no reason to watch this without the root. Like, I think that should be a like, like, like a thing on on the podcast. Now we'll ask, we'll be like uh, Jeremy or Dave or whoever's talking. Obviously, we'll say each other's name, and you'll be like, "Yes, Jeremy or Dave," and then the other one will be like, "Would you watch this movie on Rift?" And most of the time, the answer will be no. No. So, Jeremy. Yes, Dave. Would you watch this movie on Rift? No. See. Yeah, I, 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 I think like season three, that's a new department of season three. Would you watch this unrift? And that'll be our whole thing. See, I just yeah. see like we're, we're we're producing the show in real time. You're welcome. And that won't even be a Patreon extra. No, that, that'll that'll be right here for everybody to listen to. That's right. It's free. You cheapskates. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Frozen Scream. It's a really good riff, obviously. Don't watch it. Don't watch it on Rift. Don't watch Please it don't. on Rift. Watch this with Mike, Kevin, and Bill. Yes. Now we get to move on to uh, the other Mike, Kevin, and Bill release. Oh, God. <laughs> That's like twice in a row. And like the same podcast, even where like you like, we're, we're, you're like we, we, we have to talk about a movie. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, because this one was uh, not great either. No. Maximum really, no. Revenge. From uh, actually not that long ago. I mean, it's still it's still a while ago because it was uh, 1997 when it was released. Yeah, so it's you know 25 years or so. But yeah, still it's it's from the late 90s. But uh, yeah, this is like part Die Hard, part Lockup, all part stupid hair. 100% stupid <laughs> hair. There's not one person in this movie that does not have a stupid haircut. That's true. Oh, I think I think the guy who bombed the IRS has a pretty normal haircut. <laughs> because yes, one of the one of the inmates in this uh 
and the Innsmouth. Like, it's pretty pretty interesting choice for a uh, prison. But uh, yeah, he he tried to bomb the computers at the IRS, so yeah, he got he got put away. And what this whole movie? Okay, the very first thing we get is our main character, uh, Mace Richter. Mm-hmm. Mace Police Richter. detective, Mace Richter. Does he wear um, uh, horns on a Viking helmet and a fur headdress and have the American no. flag painted on his face? <laughs> no. That's not that guy? Uh, no. Oh, well, then I'm not interested. <laughs> that guy knows how to make good TV. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, uh, Mace Richter... Uh... He he's trying to defuse like a hostage situation on a plane and he has to go in and they tell me he has to take a shirt off first. Oh, right. <laughs> Did they also ask him to bring him a turkey? <laughs> no, no, he wasn't that. He wasn't that undressed. He still had his pants on. Uh, but he came up and, uh, you know, of course, he shoots the people up there that are hijacking the plane. And one of them was like a prince of some middle middle eastern country or whatever he's the guy and he who was said, very oh, no, put out screwed everything up yeah yeah he was very he was he was very like inconvenient like he'd be like come on man after you watch this human life get snuffed out yeah and then he got shot by the detective yeah. and the, then the detective got thrown in jail yeah because he killed this prince guy or whatever so then we cut to like six months later or something and it's the opening of this new prison. He's getting transferred there with four other prisoners because the prison's not ready to open yet. And well, they, then what are they? <laughs> what are they doing? I, I don't know. I don't. Nothing in this movie makes sense. The uh, the warden is giving a tour to uh, some reporters, and this is where. Uh, things got weird for me because I recognized the cameraman immediately as being a character from one of our favorite movies that we talked about. You shut uh, your mouth. You I shut your mouth we, with that. I think we talked about Jack O. Uh, he's Schemer from the wonderful uh, Dinosaur Island. Dinosaur Island. Uh, I think Dinosaur Island might be... I think it, it, it might be down in my bottom 10 movies of all time like like unironic like it's down there with mortal Kombat annihilation um it's down there with uh star wars episode 9 the rise of skywalker i don't know which i hate more honestly like like dinosaur island but anyway, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about Maximum Revenge. <laughs> well, I'm not done yet, Dave. Okay. So I'm just, I'm, course... I'm just trying to express my disdain for Dinosaur Island. Is all I'm yeah. saying. So of course I had to look up uh, the director because I wasn't paying attention during the opening credits, <laughs> and uh, it was of course directed by Fred Olin Ray, the same guy who produced Jacko. And of course, he made Dinosaur Island and uh, a couple other films that it's all it's all like erotica. Yeah, it's all until until it gets to uh, more recent times of him making uh, Hallmark TV Christmas movies. (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) 
But like, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't I'm not even describe kidding. what I think that would be like. You know, it's like like this is the guy behind Jacko and Dinosaur Island and Maximum Revenge. Wait, isn't this a mega movie? Yes, that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up. This is a movie from our friends over at Multicom Entertainment Group. Was it shot in South Africa? Meg, I don't know. Uh, it might have been. It didn't really have that vibe that like the the last unicorn. Yeah. Or uh, what's you know just. Stuff like 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 that, or uh, the Fairy King of R, or, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't think it was. I mean, it says it was made in the U.S., so most of it was indoors anyway. So it would have been kind of hard to tell that. But yeah. Oh, uh, also Malcolm McDowell wasn't in this movie, so yeah. <laughs> Amazingly. Um, but yeah, this this was a Meg movie, and I actually went back to their catalog, and a lot of the movies once again, that we've been getting recently uh, are, in fact, Meg movies. Ooh. Uh, Maximum Revenge, obviously. Vengeance of the Dead was a Meg movie. Uh, Bounty Tracker. Charade apparently came from Meg. Really? Have the right well, that. Charade's supposed to be respectable. Yeah, go figure. Uh, Maybe Amanda they just got the rights. The Alien. Maybe they just have the distribution rights for it. Yeah, that's probably. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Amanda and the Alien from Bridget Mary Joe. Baby of the Bride from Bridget and Mary Joe, and they do have the other two movies in that trilogy. Um, oh. So I'm assuming we'll probably get those. But yeah, there was uh, a lot of a lot of Meg movies, and we don't mind that because no, we don't. It, 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 so much gold in the the Meg things. It's like 2017 all over again. Yes, uh, this other movie that I found on there, it's uh, Teenage Space Vampires. And I think I've talked to you about this movie in particular before, Dave. Maybe not on the podcast, but I know I brought it up. It's it's a oh. teenage space vampire. Teenage space vampires. Yes, it was also released as uh, as like darkness, teen space vampires in love, or some weird or uh, some weird or, title like that. Or zombie, aka I eat your skin. Is, <laughs> is that another title for it? <laughs> that might as well be because there's definitely no skin eating in this movie, but. There's no skin eating in Maximum Revenge either. No, there's none. There's there's not really a whole lot in Maximum Revenge. There's very no, little. It's very action. very thin. You know, it's like it's 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 kind of a it, it's really telling about your movie when it's so thin that on plot that uh, uh, I believe in Santa Claus can can <laughs> outpace it. Actually, yeah, there's. Know, that really isn't fair because I believe in Santa Claus actually has quite a bit of plot to it. Yes, it does. Terrorists kidnapping parents and Santa and the fairy snow queen. And yeah, there is none of that in this. No, there's, there's uh, some guy comes into the prison and he's going to blow it up for whatever reason. And he gets killed and they defuse the bomb and, the prisoners, a couple of the prisoners have a heart of gold. The one guy's in there because he saw some guy uh, abusing a woman at a bar and he like went up and like, said, hey, I don't, beat think him you up should, and... I don't think you should be doing that. I think that's a mistake. <laughs> and of course, one of the one of the inmates shows how bad he actually is by trying to uh force himself onto the female reporter 
Oh, yay. Thankfully, that didn't actually happen. Uh, but the, the other the other thing that I really need to bring up about this movie is the intermittent censoring. Because okay. that was so bizarre. And they, they do they do talk about it a lot. Like basically every time it happens, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, thanks for self-censoring. And, uh, <laughs> but it's always like stuff like ass and balls and stuff like that that they censor. Because then later in the and movie. Not like and, and, and things like that. Yeah, oh no, they're throwing F-bombs all over the place and they're not being censored. So it's just like why censor the other stuff but but not but not this. It was very Ass it balls. was very weird. Yeah. Yeah. And and every time they did it, you know, they did the censoring, the guys would would make mention of it. And it led to uh one of our wonderful after credits or over credit uh outros here. Yeah, those are great. Where the the uh the censor showed up. <laughs> The let's see, it was uh, the occasional censor. They call him occasional censor. And he showed up over over the credits and he was talking to Mike, Kevin and Bill. And it was our friend Sean Thomason providing the voice for that. Uh, but he basically I, I, did. The, he, he, he did. You know that Sean Thomason wrote most of the wire? Yes. Like 64 yeah. percent of it, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, quite, quite a bit. Yeah. But he, and now he, he gave the whole, drink. yeah, he gave the whole, if you found this somewhere and didn't pay for it, go over to rifttracks.com slash donate and, and make it right. And I'm going to, I'm going to mirror that statement. If you found it somewhere online and you didn't pay for it, go pay for it. Yeah. See, okay. Let me ask you this. Like, 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 like about that. I think that came about in like 2014. It was the same around the same time when we got that um it's time for riff tracks theme song okay after years and years and years of no theme song and um uh and then at the end every time they say they were saying like uh go to rifttracks.com slash donate and throw some money our way did that seem weird to you at first when it first started a little yeah bit. when it first started yeah but now yeah, they've been doing it for so it. long it's just like part of the thing yeah, it's just that's what it is. That's that's mm-hmm. the thing now, and it, it just, is fine. And, and yeah, no, it's fine. No, I'm just reflecting on the fact that like it's been like when it first started, it seemed like super weird, but now it's probably been just even longer as they had like without it because I think they started like 2014, if I remember correctly. That's like the like the. Institutional memory. I don't think they were doing it in 2013. Just thinking back yeah. on some of the riffs, like the Apple, because I know they oh, wait, definitely no, they didn't have it for the Apple. Yeah, I think they definitely did it in the, in the last Slumber Party, which was 2014. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying to think, trying to do math, and I'm failing at it. Anyway, I think it has been longer that they have been doing it than 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 they haven't. So again. We've been around a long time. So has Rift Tracks. Yep. yep. We're the uh, ancients of the ancients. I think uh I think my other favorite thing from this uh this movie is the credits. Like the, the actual credits of the film. Because they have a lot of uh a lot of Alan Smithies. <laughs> but they're Literally. not Alan Smithy. It's, I didn't uh, bother looking at the credits. I, I, I usually tune out. Yeah, they have uh I'm usually out of there. There's Woody Drawers, 
What? Woody Drawers was credited for the onset dresser. Woody uh, Drawers. The, the Sart. Oh, the Sart. The set decorator was Art Deco. Uh, first AD, Bruce Banner. Second AD, Reed Richards. Wait a minute. That's not fair. You can't Boom do Boom operator, that. Stretch O'Connell. Uh, Is this a joke? First assistant camera, Ted Stryker. Second Nobody wanted camera. to be part of this. Okay, look, either this is a joke or they these people didn't really exist or nobody wanted their name attached. Those are like the only three possibilities. It's a joke. These people didn't exist or nobody wanted their names attached to this movie. I think nobody wanted their names attached to this you, you, movie. You, you, think it's, you think it's option C? Yes, I do. I don't know what I think at this point. <laughs> Because I think I, I I think it could be any one of the three if they're like saying Bruce Banner and Reed Richards. It's like, come on, yeah. <laughs> just make up a name. Like, stop uh... it. You know, it's like <laughs> people are gonna notice that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very obvious, and yeah. it's it's probably the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> If if I had to be honest, it's probably the best part of the whole thing. Uh, yeah, this uh, quite quite no, a good dude. These no, dude. These people either didn't exist or it's a joke. Because didn't you say that this was also okay? Let me tell you something about the director of this guy. Okay, let's go back to the let's go back to uh, Dinosaur Island. Okay, these are the same people who wrote into <laughs> a script. And put in a film, and put in like like these words came out of uh, the guy's mouth. What a coinky dink! And I resemble that remark. Same people who put these kind of credits on their movie. Okay, so like uh, that's kind of what makes me think this is like some serious juvenile bullshit. It could be. I don't. I because like 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 it's that stupid. It's that stupid, and it's, it's... totally believable. <laughs> yeah, with with this guy, you never really know what's what's actually like, going he's on. He's a perpetual fourteen year old. This man. <sighs> yeah. Anything else? Any well, other? Any other? What a man! I hate this guy. Like I don't even know him, and I hate his guts. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like, detestable. Uh, anyway, so, uh, Jeremy. Yes, Dave. Would you watch this movie on Rift? Uh, I'm going to give that an emphatic no. Okay, cool. Hey, Dave. Yes, Jeremy. Would you watch this movie on Rift? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't think so. Okay. <laughs> Somehow that answer is not surprising to me. Uh, anyway, so it's 10 bucks at rifttracks.com. Go get it. This is another one that's pretty short. It's uh, 75 minutes or something like that. Just yeah. barely over an hour. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. <laughs> I got to think Dave about was the... suggesting something that, that, yeah. that was a good thing to suggest. Yeah, no. Be like, Well, I didn't want to impregnate that marshmallow, but I didn't feel like I had a choice. <laughs> uh... Oh... Uh, and on that note, I think we're done talking <laughs> about Maximum Revenge. Uh, so, 
good Jeremy. to be back, Dave. It's good to be back. It is great to be back. See, have you been to the movie theater recently? The what now? The movie theater. What's you that? You know, the movie theater where we used to go see Rift Tracks live. I seem to have slight recollections of such a place existing. You know, like, uh, I think, you know, we, we, we've seen such classics in the movie theater, such as um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Follow That Bird. We've seen those movies in the theaters. That's where we saw those movies for the first time was in a movie theater. It's funny you brought up Follow That Bird because I just watched that with my kids the other day. Really? I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's on HBO Max. Not is it, not, a, it, not a plug, not an ad. Well, I mean, well, well, well. How 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 good is it? Because I I remember I remember it fondly. Uh, I remember it as one of the very first movies I've ever I ever saw in a theater. If you can still look at Sesame Street stuff and kind of just get that little that little happy feeling deep down inside, then you'll you'll enjoy watching. Yeah, it. Sesame Street from from the eighties. Yeah, not the abomination that Sesame Street after the. 80s. Like, like, I don't know, man, anything after like, like, like the Muppets in general, anything after Jim Henson died, it's a real crapshoot, man. Yeah, it was either still really good or it was, holy crap, I'm never going to watch that again. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's horrendous. But like, I don't know, I think I think I might want to think I might want to give all that bird like, like, I don't remember very much about it. I know Big Bird turns blue, but can you watch it as an adult is what I'm asking. Here on the True Blue Riftcast, I, I had no problems watching it again. Okay. I I actually own it on DVD. Oh wow! It was one that my wife wanted to get rid of, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're keeping Never. that. Let's follow that bird. Let's follow that bird. Yeah. It's, um, I I wish I could remember anything about this movie I haven't seen in thirty years. <laughs> I know I I like like I, I, I know Big Bird turns blue. He sings oh, look, a duet Sean... with Waylon Jennings. Oh. Uh, Sean Thompson just liked one of my tweets. So, Hey, look, thank you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it holds up. All right, cool. Yeah. Hey, riff tracks, riff, follow that bird. So I have an excuse to watch it. No, no, why not? They could riff. It's good movies. Ah, they can, but that's just Sesame street. I don't know. Yeah. That's just weird. That would be kind of like I like I, I remember like um like in like 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 I'll, people back when I mean they still do, but back when I used to pay attention to it, uh <laughs> like other people recommending what Rift Track should riff. One of the uh, movies that people would recommend, like do this, you have to riff this movie. And one of the movies that people would recommend all the time was uh, Batman the movie from 1966 that was based yeah. on the television show and it's like you can't do that no like that's not like like number one that's a good that's a good solid movie people are like oh but it's so dumb it's like that's what that's the point idiot yeah you know it's that's like how the whole what, series was made yeah let's talk about that for, for for a bit what's one movie that people always recommend that riff tracks should do but you're like no that's dumb they shouldn't do that do you have anything that's like that birdemic 2 Birde- <laughs> yeah they shouldn't they shouldn't do that i actually um in fact i think i could tell this story now because it's been long enough and i don't think james Wen or the guy that i'm speaking of uh will listen to the podcast so um one of the producers of Birdemic 2 got in touch with me after all that stuff with a storybook went down. And he told me all kinds of crazy stuff about James Wen. And apparently, 
um, I won't say his name, you know, like one of the common criticisms of Burdemic 2 is that um, it is, an, is that it is an intentionally bad movie. Yeah. And one of James Wen's famous like defenses, like he lost creative control of the project. This dude told me that this was a 100% James Wen movie. That everything that's in that movie is in it because James Wen wanted it there. Uh, so like this, apparently this, this, this widespread criticism of Birdemic 2 being a bad on purpose is completely yeah. unfounded. And that's like something that I wish would get out there more because I think James Wen deserves more blame for, for how Birdemic <laughs> 2 turned out because yeah. apparently it's all his fault. Yeah. Well, I, like, did did we really think otherwise, honestly? What that it's not all his fault? Yeah. Well, no, just but no, but like, like that's the line, like, like that's the assumption. But it's not true. He's a liar. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Screw that guy. Ah, uh, but yeah. So, but uh, anything other than Birdemic Two? Uh, Samurai Cop Two. Another movie that was. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. I watched it, and it was uh, it was one another intentionally bad like. When, and there's one point. Okay, the uh, the waiter from the first movie shows oh, yeah. up as a he's he's a is he like in like a, a car? Attendant. I've only seen bits of it. He's a flight attendant. Yeah, and oh, God. he uh, he goes up to uh, Mark Fraser's character, and he's just like, "Oh, I have something for you," and he's like, "Oh, what's that?" And he hands him a present, and it's a black box, and. Uh, they make the 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 joke about the gift again. Oh God! And, uh, oh no! And he, and he looks right at the camera and winks. <sighs> Best part of that movie, and, and I'm not even like joking about this. The best part of that movie was any scene with Tommy Wiseau. Apparently, that was a. It was like a real. It was like a disaster trying to film that guy on that movie, just from like things that I've heard. Yeah, but. Uh, just that, like, not necessarily that he was like a prima donna on the set or anything, but just like he was getting real, real frustrated, just like trying to act, <laughs> which, which, which doesn't surprise me all that much. No. So, is, is, so, uh, so, Jeremy, is there anything else to talk about here on the True Blue Riffcast? No, sir, I do not believe so. Uh, other than the fact that if you enjoyed this podcast, you can, uh, you could support us and throw us a couple bucks by going to patreon.com slash true blue riffcast. And uh, we've, we put up uh, announcements and little sneak peeks and bloopers and all that kinds of fun stuff on there just for just for you guys. We also do uh, short reviews of Rift Track shorts, uh, which we will probably be doing some of those again shortly. Uh, so look forward to that. Anybody who does that on the Patreon, uh, you get those two days before everybody else does, just as a little special thank you. But yeah, that's all I got for today. And uh, I am Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Twitter at pbandawesome. You can send me emails, jeremy at trueblueriffcast.com. And you can follow the podcast at tbriffcast over on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, it's, I'm Dave Chadwick. You can check me out on the web at davechadwick.info. I'm kind of like 
relaunching my whole rebrand uh, internet presence uh, there. Uh, go there, check out the prologue for my for my new novel, Monkey. Not sure if I'm going to serialize it or publish it. Whatever, but you can read the prologue there if you if 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 you would like. So Dave Chadwick info. And you should definitely go read that. Uh, I read it a little while ago and I, I highly enjoyed it. And I think you probably will too. Oh, thank Especially you. Especially if you're a fan of, of the podcast. Definitely go check it out. And until next time, guys, stay safe out there and be good to each other. Yes, and rock till you die. Be sure to do that. Bye everybody. Bye.